Hey, hey, welcome back to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree. I am the host of the show. I am also a self-care coach. This show is for high-performing black women who just give and give and give and give and give and serve and serve some more to the point of burnout, exhaustion, stress. And we do it in such a way where people just think, man, she's just got it all together. And we're starting to understand that there's, a, there's definitely a better way. One where we can prioritize ourselves, love ourselves, do for ourselves in a world that resists, excuse me, it refuses to acknowledge our damn humanity. So if that sounds like you, you're a high performing black woman and you're just overdoing all the things for everybody else, this episode's for you. So I want to talk about productivity today. I want to talk about productivity today. And I tried to go to Google, Google University where I always go for everything. (laughs) I tried to go to Google University and find out how many results there were when I type in how to be more productive. Unfortunately, for some reason, I don't know if Google made some changes to their website, but do you remember how you used to be able to scroll down and see there was like 5011 results that had something to do with that topic that you entered into Google? I can't see that anymore, but I can tell you that firsthand, I found a whole bunch of links to 14 14 hacks for being more productive, 13 more ways to multitask, how to be more productive on the job, how to increase your focus so that you can be more productive, how to, you know, just do all the things so you can be more productive, how to push yourself to be more productive, practical ways to, to do all the things like hacks and tips and on ways that every single day you can just show up in such a way where you are just super productive and and so you can get things done. They have the Pomodoro technique. They have all kinds of stuff. You can, there's even a, um, and actually I I do like this, this app. So this is no shade to the app uh, or the website, but there's this, um, this website, I think it's called focus mate. And I would go there from time to time when I just wanted to really take some time to be more productive. And you can go there and you can block some time off and do some work while someone else is on the other end of the screen. And they too are doing productivity or doing, doing work so that, and they want to stay in this frame of mind where they're being productive. So, you know, being productive definitely has its merits, but what is it rooted in? Because I can tell you that typically it's just rooted. You, you're you. We have been trained to get more done. We have been trained to get more be, to get more done. Excuse me. I'm not sure why I'm stumbling and fumbling today, but so that ultimately, when we go into the workforce, we're already trained. We're trained, right? So when we get when we enter the workforce, the nine to five, that career, whatever it is, we have been trained to be more productive so that we can excel at our jobs and make the company more money. That's what it it basically is when it's all said and done. Be more productive so that we can make sure that we make more money for the companies that we work for. That's just the truth. That's the truth. But I, I wanna focus on being unproductive. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about being more unproductive? And I feel like when we're productive for ourselves, 
I'm calling that being unproductive or anti-productive or whatever way you want to say it. Because when I think of productivity, I think about monetary hustle culture gains. That's, that's what I think of when I think of the word productive. And I do believe that we can be productive for ourselves, but that word, if, if it makes any sense, it just sounds, again, for me, my frame of reference, when I think of being productive, I just think of labor, money, multitasking, work, 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 team, no sleep. That's what I think of. And like hacks and tips to do all the things and prepare yourself to be more productive every single morning. Like that's what I think of. So when I say anti-productive, just know that I'm taught or, or unproductive. I'm just trying to find a clever way really <laughs> to flip it back on us and do things for ourselves. And surprisingly, but maybe not surprisingly, during my search, I landed on this list of ways to be more productive. I found, I found this list of 20 ways to make this week the most productive week yet. And this was a thread from several years ago. It just happens to be on Reddit. And someone gave some tips because as they said, even, even in this, I'm actually just now seeing this part. They even say that the phrase time is money is more true now than ever. Time is money is more true now than ever before. I didn't even see that before. Because all I focused on were the tips. While I was doing this grand search, I just happened to find this. And I saw some of the tips. But actually, the very first thing it says is the phrase time is money is more true now than ever before. It doesn't take a rocket rocket surgeon, hmm, what is that, to realize that our productivity is directly linked to our revenue and profits. With that in mind, here are 20 ways to make your weeks much more productive. So basically what I was saying is literally what he, he or she, I don't know who this person is, said in a nutshell. When it comes to being productive, the focus is on money. How much can I use my body? What, in what ways can I stretch my mind, stretch my energy, stretch my focus, my body, my, whatever, my skill set, whatever it is, how can I fine tune it in such a way that I can get X amount of work done in X amount of time or less so that I can have this result or, or so that my labor will result in this company that I work for to see an increase in their bottom line, an increase in their profits. And I know that, and this is something that we, I, I kind of struggle with because I feel like for black women, or how about this? I feel like for me, obviously when you're in survival mode in some capacity, that is a priority. Nobody wants to get fired from their job because they weren't productive enough. I will go to work. I will be bleeding so heavily on my periods. I was afraid to take time off because I knew I had to go in there and fulfill these duties quickly, efficiently. That's another word for productive. Efficiently and quickly do these tasks so that business could keep going so that they can continue generating this mass amount of income on a regular basis. 
Y'all, during this time, my periods were so heavy that I was, you know, the purple pads. I'm sorry if this is TMI, but this is, I mean, we're women here. This is a part of our body functions or whatnot. And I, I want to talk about this today because this, this coincides with feeling like I just had to show up and be productive. But I was like doubling up on those pads, soaking them, afraid to get up out of my seat. Afraid to call out, afraid to take a day off. This is before I really started get, getting into self-care and before I really just started to <laughs> to just say, you know, what, I don't give a damn about this job anymore. If it's if it's making me feel this way or this whole system, I should say, because it isn't it wasn't specifically. Oh, my gosh. It wasn't specifically the job. I feel like Yosemite Sam or whoever. Uh, who's the cat that would talk like that? or Porky Pig or whatever. I don't know why I keep doing this, but it wasn't the job necessarily. It was just the, it's just the whole system and the way it's set up and how women have to just overgive. Especially those of us that know that if I don't get this check, if I don't get this money, it's going to be a problem. So let me go on, even though I feel like I'm literally on death's door and get this check. And even if you did take like a vacation or a, a sick day, you only get so many sick days. And if your body is not quote unquote normal, right? And this is a lot of black women. A lot of us deal with fibroids. We have uh, different, is it autoimmune conditions? And you know what I'm saying? So it's just like we have these chronic things going on with our bodies. And we have to, we have to be normal or we're penalized. We have to, we have to show up. You cannot, you, I would be the, like, I would even feel guilty or afraid. So you know how they get, like, at my job, I would get, like, five sick days. Now, to their credit, this job, I started off at two weeks of vacation, and then after maybe X amount of years, it went to three weeks. I think I tapped out, but when I left 11 years later, I, I was getting four weeks of vacation time a year, if I'm not mistaken, and plus five sick days and plus holidays. So that was a benefit. So that's great, but I know a lot of us don't get that kind of time. Right. A lot of us, depending on the job that you're doing, you don't get that time, that kind of time. And even if you do, how many times have you just said, you know what, I'm taking, for example, three vacation days and, and, and your job is still calling you, still emailing you because you're the only one that could answer this question. They're not respecting your sick time. They're not respecting your vacation time. They're not respecting your humanity. So they're going to continue to email you and call you and text you and ding you and and or expect you when you come back within an hour, you better have all all this stuff together because your work is has sat there and piled up because they didn't give to somebody else to do while you're away because they're waiting on you to do it because they don't have enough people hired to do all the things they want to put all that responsibility on your shoulders so that you can make that check and be be more productive for this job that doesn't respect you the way that you deserve to be respected and we take those kind of jobs because a lot of us are in survivor mode and that's all that we know how to do at this time because we're afraid we're living in a system that has us afraid to do anything outside of the box or outside of the norm or to rebel or to resist because if we do those things then we know there's going to be trouble we know there's going to be a problem we know it's going to be a whole situation we're going to be labeled we're going to be fired we're going to be laid off we're going to be talked to in the office and pulled aside and talked to about our attitudes or about how we're not keeping up I'm so tired of the system I can't even tell you I'm just I'm done can you tell I'm done and I've actually just as a side to what I'm talking about about being unproductive I'm so serious about this. I cannot stress this enough. 
I'm not saying that I have it down perfectly. I'm not saying that I am, you know, I'm, I'm just telling you my real life thoughts, experiences, things like that to help you to start to, if you haven't already, just allow yourself to just think a little bit differently. And what, what are you rooted in, right? What are you rooted in? Because the way I'm starting to be rerooted, because you can be rerooted. I have dead plants that I have killed, child. I don't even want to get into it. I am <laughs> I am not great with plants yet. I'm just going to keep it 100, okay? But what I do know is that I can, like I have a few snake plants. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> about these snake plants other than <laughs> the fact that I have to propagate them. I have some healthy leaves <laughs> that I need to reroot. I need to allow them to grow some new roots. I can replant them somewhere else and try this again because it's just a whole situation. It's just a whole mess. But the way I'm being replanted, the way I'm 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 being rerooted, like uprooting myself, my thoughts and the things that I do, my habits, my routines, like the way I speak, the way I feel about myself, like all of that, right? All of that. I'm on a mission. Because more and more, it is becoming very clear to me, it's becoming very apparent to me that the way that I have been living, and, and actually the way that I live, I guess I'll say right now, I, I've made some changes, but I'm still in that system, if it makes sense. I, I still, I'm still in that system. My goal, and I've talked about this before, part of my goal is to be 100% debt-free once I hit that goal, God willing, by January of next year, I'm going to implement the next phase of my plan or start working on that. But first, I got to get myself debt free. I've worked on the mindset. I know what I want to do. I, I see the vision. Now I got to get eliminate this debt. OK, because when you're in debt, you're controlled. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. When you're in debt. I'm not even talking about as a business. I'm talking about as just a regular, regular person like me, like you. OK, when you're in debt, you are controlled. You have no say. Someone can come in at any time if you get a little bit behind and come and snatch what you have, even though you've paid X amount of payments. If you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just different ways that you can get got when you owe someone else something, when you owe money. That's leverage for them. Right. I don't want to be under anyone. I don't want to be under anyone's control in that way. That is liberation for me or a part of liberation for me. Liberation is more than that, but I'm talking about this specifically. But when you're in survival mode or, or you, you know that you have these things that you need to do, of course, you're, you're, you, you feel like you have no other option but just to go along and really just push yourself to the point of burnout. It makes sense. Because again, the system is set up that way. And when you, when you buck the system, in, at least initially, you feel like you are the problem or you feel like you're wrong, you're bad, you're, you, you feel guilty. You feel ashamed, like, oh my God, I'm so lazy. I, I hear that so many times since you're not lazy. You're not lazy. And it's not wrong for you to want something different for yourself, for your babies, for, you, for, your, for future generations to come. So my goal is to, God willing, be able to, first of all, like I said, get debt free, establish some wealth so that my daughter can also live a liberated life. That is one of my goals. It's not the only goal, but that's, that is one of my goals. 
I want my daughter to never be in control, be controlled by debt. Or if she's working at a certain job and the job is just not giving and she wants to do something else, she has FU money. She can put in her two weeks, throw up the deuces and reinvent herself if that's what she feels like she needs to do. Because we all go through that stage, right? I try to teach her to not make the mistakes that I've made, not to go down the road that I've gone down. It's stressful. I don't want that for her. I don't want that for my, if she has kids, I don't know if she will or she won't, but let's just say she does. I don't want that for the rest of, you know, the future generations. So it has to stop. It has to start with me. So getting back to what I was saying, initially, I feel like I've already given the word, the benediction. It's time to pass the plate. <laughs> um, let me go back to what I was saying, y'all, because I can just go off on whole other tangents, right? And that's not the point of this conversation this morning. That's not the point of this conversation this morning. So getting back to being unproductive. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points, so told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like, seriously? If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body. So I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self care for 25% off. Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Hey, girl. Did you know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month? 
This month, in honor of protecting my peace and mental health, I'll be doing things like resisting the urge to be hashtag booked and busy, plus turning off the TV and instead doing things that spark peace, joy, and creativity in my life, like puzzles. Yes, I enjoy a good puzzle. I like them because they let me set my cares down for a while and refill my self-care cup so that I can give from a place of overflow. Enter Revel Wellness Company. Revel Wellness Company is a small Black-owned puzzle company whose mission is to elevate the well-being of Black women. Their puzzles feature curated collections from dope Black female artists that are beautiful works of art that can be framed and then used as home decor. For a limited time, Revel Wellness Company is offering 15% off to all the Brown Girl self-care listeners. So, Go to rvlwellnessco.com and use code BGSC15 at checkout to receive 15% off your first order of a self-care puzzle. Again, that's rvlwellnessco.com and use code BGSC15 at checkout to receive 15% off your first order of a self-care puzzle. I'm taking that, I'm saying that to mean doing, being productive for you, right? You reaping the benefits, not being productive for somebody else or a job or whatever, right? So again, I stumbled on this thread from Reddit and they had about 20 ways to, to make this week the most productive yet. And it was interesting because when I read this list and I didn't make this list up, I want to again say that I found this on Reddit, but this was just one of many I just happened to land on this one and really take time to read it, okay? But what was interesting is that in these 20 tips, and I'm not going to, well, I'm actually, I am gonna read them all. I'm gonna read them all. Again, this is coming from a writer on Reddit. These are not my tips, my words. I mean, some of them are things that I would say, but this is not my list. But what I wanna tell you is, well, actually, I'm gonna read the list first. These are the top... These are 20 ways to make this week the most productive yet. And again, because time is money. That's what this person said. Time is money. And our productivity is directly linked to our revenue and profits, right? So 20 things. Number one, focus on a single task. Number two, learn to say no. Number three, plan to be productive. Number four, start the week before. Number five, get it out of the way. Number six, become vulnerable. Number seven, play the comparison game. Number eight, complete is better than perfect. Number nine, start early. Number 10, schedule downtime. Now, excuse me, number 11, take do not disturb time. Number 12, work in intervals. Number 13, be ruthless. Number 14, only do what only you can do. Number 15, review your performance. Number 16, receive instead of give. Number 17, perform triage. Number 18, automate repetitive tasks. Number 19, create a list of once a days. And number 20, don't beat yourself up. You know what I noticed in that list, y'all? You know what I noticed about that list? Not every single thing, but you know what, what stood out to me about that list? What stood out to me was the fact that these tips that this person shout it out as ways to be more productive so that you could, you know, do all the things and be in alignment with your revenues and your profits and earning more monies and monies, 
earning more money and being a great employee and all that stuff, right? These are things that we can do for ourselves. Did you notice that? These are things that we can do for ourselves as we're on this anti-productive whatever, you know what I mean? Instead of pouring that into that career and giving them your 150%, right? Or let's say, for example, your cup can hold 100%. I mean, I guess that's true. A cup can hold 100% of the the liquids, right? Your teacup, for example, it can hold 100% of the liquids. You fill it all the way up to the top, right? But we give them, and let's let's say you spill a little. Like, so example, if you have a (laughs) four-year-old or or a six or seven year old, and they go and pour something. So imagine your baby, like, or your child when they were younger or whatever, pouring some iced tea. Let's make it cold so they don't get burned. So they're pouring some iced tea in a teacup, and there's a saucer underneath. And they pour, and if they're a pretty good pourer, they'll pour, they'll make it in the cup. It won't splash all around the floor, but sometimes there'll be like that little bit of percent that lands in the teacup, and that's fine. It's not a big deal, right? So what's that? Maybe they got a hundred percent in the cup. Plus there's like an overflow of maybe an additional 10% of the liquid or 15%, just a small amount. Right? So what we do is we, as black women who are told we must wear the cape and do all the things we go to our jobs with that teacup that our kids poured for us and that saucer, somehow it made it all the way to our jobs (laughs) and it didn't spill. (laughs) But we go to work with that teacup and we pull, and we give from that teacup. We give our all. We give that 100% from our teacup and that little bit, that 5%, 10% that landed on the saucer, that's what we give to ourselves. That's what we give to ourselves. That little bit, that little bit that landed on the saucer, that's what we give to ourselves. And we give our jobs that 100% that hundred energy And we we do all the things and we're productive and all with the hopes of living the American dream, all with the hopes of getting out of survival mode, all the all with all the hopes of earning all the money and climbing the ladder and being successful, because that's what we taught. We were taught and told we were supposed to do as good employees, as good black women, et cetera, et cetera. But we on that saucer, that's 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 ours. That's our little sip. Like we we give away that with all that's in that teacup and then that on that saucer, that little bit that's left, that's for us. That's what we nourish ourselves with. That's what we drink from. That's how we revitalize ourselves. Could you imagine? I know you can because a lot of us are drinking from that saucer. We're not drinking from the teacup. So I know that you can imagine. I know that you can imagine. And that's how it's supposed to be. And isn't it funny, not in a ha-ha way, but isn't it funny that when you're exhausted, when you're spiritually burned out, when you are just stressed out, busted, tired, whatever, anxious, when do you do more spending of money? When do you do more spending of money? I want you to think about that. When you're not feeling good about yourself, when you're tired, when you're bored, uh, when you're you know, not feeling like you're living your best life when you're not spiritually grounded and rooted. Like, when do you spend more money? When you're exhausted, you order out a lot of food, right? Where does that go? Where does that come from? On your credit card? When you're not feeling like you're worthy, you end up up going out and buying that new car, right? That's what I did many times. Put that on credit, right? When you're feeling like you need a spiritual pick-me-up because you've been feeling down about yourself, about life, about how tired you are, what do you do? 
Do you whip out your credit card, buy some red bottoms, buy a new handbag, um, you know, do all those kinds of things? I'm just curious, asking for a friend. It's a vicious cycle because when you do that, now you have this debt on your credit card and you have to pay it off. But how do you pay it off? You have to make sure you keep that job. You have to make sure you keep that job. You have to make sure that you are a top performer. You have to make sure that no, no one pulls you into the office on some BS, right? You have to make sure that you stay at the top of your game. It's just a cycle, y'all. It's just a cycle. I don't want to play that game anymore. I'm out. I'm tapping out from that life as much as I can help it. Now, I will say if that, let me, let me say this though, okay? I want to make this clear. If I need to go out and get a nine to five between today and over the next two years to make sure that I get completely out of debt and set myself up for success, like if that's something that I need to do because I want to do it faster or because of whatever, I will do that. However, all that said, all that said, I want out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any parts of that. I'm done. Now ask me again in five years, will my answer be different? I, I don't know. I don't know. But as of right now and how I've been feeling for the last five, six, seven years, eight, nine years, I'm, I want out. I want out of the system. I want out. O-U-T. I don't want to learn how to be more productive to earn some other company more money, especially when they're not, it's not an equitable situation. At minimum, I don't want to work for a job where I'm not being treated in such a way, you know, in, in a way that I deserve to be treated fairly, you know, financially, physically, like all the things, mentally, all the things. So I, I don't know, but I want out. I want out. I want different from my life. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to be more productive. I just don't, not, not, not the way that the world wants us to be more productive. I am completely like doing a 180 on that. That's what's, that's what feeds my spirit. That's what makes me feel good. Not being productive for other, for, for, for my, for businesses, for, for jobs, for those kind of situations, for other people that just take and take and take and take and take. Like, no, that doesn't feed my spirit. But again, when I found this list, 20 ways to make this week the most productive yet so that we can go ahead and you know, not waste a lot of time, stay focused, get this, this money. You know what I'm saying? I found it interesting that they're the things that they were out, like calling out were things that we can actually claim for ourselves. And that's the point of this, this podcast episode, these things we can claim for ourselves. So the things that you're doing to be more productive in your job, flip it around. Remember that, that teacup in the saucer thing I just talked about? And how you have a little spillage and that's what you're nourishing yourself from. You can't nourish yourself from that little overflow. I can't remember who said it so that I can give credit. But dang it. I, I said her name last time, but the name now escapes me. I don't know who said this. But basically she said she wanted to live her life from the place of overflow. She wanted to live her life from the place of overflow. We have to figure out how we collectively and individually can operate from our overflow. We have to learn how to reserve things for us. 
you may forever work a job. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. However, we have to learn how to work from our overflow. So in that example of the teacup and how there was like 10%, 10, 15% left on the plate for us to kind of just like, like the leftovers, we can't, we can't operate from the leftovers. We can't operate from the leftovers. We can't live and survive and get out of survival mode and thrive and be fully nourished and restored from the, from, from the little 10% down or 15% on the, on the saucer. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. How is that going to sustain you? How is that going to feed you? It's not. It's not. Could you imagine? I know we can because we've been doing it. So this week, I want you to think of some ways that you have been number one giving from your from your teacup in the in, under the guise of you know being more productive while you're at work and figure out if there are some things that you do that you can actually do for yourself. What are some things that you can do for yourself? Like, for example, the number two on his list was learn to say no. We've talked about that. Learning to say no. And I know a lot of times we feel guilty about saying no. In this instance, the the person, gentleman, woman, I don't know who wrote this, um, states, like he was talking about James Altucher, you know, the, the um, author, who states, a well-placed no can not only save you time and trouble, it can save your life. So in other words, people coming to you and they need all the things and you being able to say no because you want to be more productive, so I want to focus on this task. I want to save time, so I, I don't want to commit to all the other things. I just want to get all, the, I want to get my work done or get this, this task done before I move on to the next thing. So you have to learn how to say no. We can do that for ourselves. It's okay for you to say no. You have permission to say no. No one, the only person giving people permission to just like offload everything on us is us. And we're doing it because we feel guilty. We feel guilty. We feel guilty. If we say no, that means that we're bad. We feel guilty and, and we feel like we're, we're, not, we're not being a good person. We're not being a good employee when we say no. We're not being a good friend if we say no because we, have, we, we only have so much energy and so we can't help that person move for the third time or we can't go to that party that you really don't want to go to or we can't loan X amount of dollars to someone um, who doesn't have the capacity to ever pay it back and you've given and given and given and given, but now you want to reserve that money so that you can do X, Y, Z with it. You want to go on a trip this year. So you're trying to save your money because it's going to cost you $5,000 and that person comes to you and they're like, can I borrow, can I borrow $2,000? And you have to tell them no, right? It's okay to say no. It is okay to say no. It is your right to say no. You have permission to say no. Okay. Um, another thing that stood out to me that was on the list, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was becoming vulnerable. So in this case, they were saying to, you know, get an accountability partner. So that person can, you guys can share your calendars and to do list and et cetera, et cetera. Right. 
we can use that for us. Being vulnerable, letting people know how you're feeling, the changes that you want to make in your life, allowing them to, like, if you can find someone that is of a similar mindset, right? Because everybody's not of the same mindset. You can find a group or someone of a similar mindset where you guys can have these kind of conversations and you can hold each other accountable, accountable with love. And, and you can check in with each other and say, Hey, did you make time to rest today? Did you take time to, um, you know, do whatever it is that you need so that you can feel whole and complete. Right. And, and also being able to speak to that person and let them know when you're having a down day. Let them know when you're feeling overwhelmed. Let them know when if you, it's, you know, times are feeling hard. Let them know if you're struggling. That's one of the ways that we can be productive for ourselves. There's no, there's no shame in being vulnerable. Um, something else that stood out to me, complete is better than perfect. Complete is better than perfect. A lot of us just feel like we have to be perfect when it comes to self-care. If it's not perfect, if it doesn't look gram-worthy, then it's not good enough. That's a whole lie. That's a whole lie. It doesn't have to be perfect. What is, what is perfection anyway, honestly? Have you thought about that? What is perfect? Because I can guarantee you, now that I'm really thinking about it, like something that I deem is per as perfect, right? I'm looking at some post-its right now. And it's machine. Obviously, post-its, I would assume, are made with a machine, right? So they should be 100% perfect. It's a, it's a post-it for, for goodness sake, <laughs> right? But I can find an imperfection in this. Even me just turning it around, I can see like a little dent on the back of the paper, right? So really... Who defines perfection? What is perfect? And why do we feel like we are obligated to strive for perfection? When it comes to self-care, when it comes to prioritizing yourself, when it comes to um, taking care of yourself, it doesn't have to be done perfectly. It just needs to, it just needs to happen. It, it just needs to start. Start where you are. Start where you are. Throw that word perfectionism out the window. Because with perfectionism, that's when we start to doubt ourselves. We start to judge ourselves. Excuse me, judge ourselves. We critique ourselves harshly. We don't allow ourselves space to grow and learn or to feel. We don't give ourselves grace or compassion. Throw that word perfectionism and perfect. Throw those words out the window. Because I just want you to start. I want you to just start to see your value. I want you to start to shift your mindset so that you know that you are valuable and you are worthy of prioritizing yourself and of slowing down, of resting, of doing the things that you know your body, mind, and spirit need. You're worthy of that. And it doesn't have to look how anybody else does it, right? Um, something else that jumped out at me was taking do not disturb time. And for them, they were saying, you know, eliminating, eliminating the distractions with the like employees around you, <laughs> you know, in other words, no time to key key 
stay off social media. You know what I'm saying? It, it literally says just focus, do do the work until you, or what, I'm sorry. It says um, everything can wait until you've done all the work. 99% of the things can wait until you're done with your focused work. That's what they mean by take do not disturb time. For us, that can be completely different. Do not disturb until you until you have gotten what you need. Do not disturb until you've made space and time to take care of what what your body says it needs. Do not disturb until you've gotten a good night's rest and you can wake up feeling 110%, right? Do not disturb those friends that just really are not necessarily pouring into you in a positive way and that friendship circle is just kind of draining you a little bit or bringing you down, you know, that means taking a break, stepping away. It's okay to do the do not disturb on your life. Turn your phone off. Get rid of those distractions that don't feed your spirit. Make more space in your day for things that do and prioritize those things and make that your focus, right? So again, it was just things like that that jumped out at me as I'm really starting to redefine what it means for me to live a life of liberation and a life of wholeness as I continue to buck this system that tells me as a black woman that I need to do X, Y, Z to be successful. I need to do X, Y, Z to be worthy. I need to do X, Y, Z to be seen and be valued. I need to do X, Y, Z to be a good employee. I'm, I'm not on that train anymore. I'm, I'm on a whole different level at this point. And I just want to continue in that direction. So that's that's what I'm doing for now. So again, as I wrap this up, I just want you to take some time and think about some of the things that I said. I want you to ask yourself, am I sipping from the saucer or am I sipping from the teacup? And I want you to ask yourself, what are some things that I do on the job that I can flip and do for me? What are some things that I do for my boss that I can flip and do for me? What are some things that I do for the clients I serve that I can flip and do for me, right? Because being productive doesn't have to be this bad thing. But if your only focus of your only metric of productivity is how successful you are for the business, how much money you can earn the business, how how many emails you can do in a week without before you you know without taking your breaks and without taking your lunch. How, how many years you can work banging things out, but you're not getting a raise. You're not being paid fairly. Like all those things that for me is like toxic productivity. And that's, it's just harmful. It's just harmful. I want us to flip that and figure out ways that we can be more productive for us. So that's it for this week's episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Now, two things. If this episode or any of the episodes I've done in the past have supported you, I have two asks. The first ask, share this episode. Share this episode and make sure that you leave a five-star review if you're listening to this on iTunes. That way, 
when you do that, it does help in some kind of way so that this message reaches more black women in our community. And the second thing, if you've been wondering how can I support the podcast, I can tell you that if you go to Patreon and sign up to become a patron, that definitely helps the show as well. So go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash brown girl self care and sign up to become a patron to receive bonus content from me. That's it for this week's episode. I look forward to talking with you soon. Have a blessed week and I'll see you on the next episode.